All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, where we bring you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan, sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. And as always, go and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go on and subscribe. Subscribe to us on, follow us on Spotify. You know, follow our Facebook page or Twitter page. We'll have some awesome content for you. All right, jumping right into uh, the weekend wrap with the good, bad, and the ugly. Ryan, if you want to kick that off. Sure, I can. Um, the good, I, I had a lot of good this week um, and over the past weekend. The good was uh, Coastal Carolina's Dustin Johnson. That's a popular pick to win the Masters. And he won by under, uh, he was under par by 20 strokes. So that's pretty impressive. It's the first time that that's ever happened. Um, I thought that the game day helmets were really cool. So they had game day, college game day on the set. And they had these football helmets that had the Masters logo of like the yellow state logo with the the flag coming out of the hole and they were pretty sweet. I'd love to be able to get my hands on one of those. Cause it's like my two favorite things, college football and the masters, but uh, that'd be kind of a cool thing to have. Just I, I'm one of a kind. Right. Um, he's also, the reason why he's a popular pick is because a lot of times he's seen as very um, mechanical and uh, he, he doesn't really show a lot of emotion and it was really cool to see him on I mean, probably not for him, but it was really cool to see him on Sunday. They tried to interview him after he had Tiger Woods had put on the green jacket since Tiger won last year. And they're in the cabin and he was walking out to be with his family for the first time. And like they tried to interview him and he like couldn't literally put a word together. He was just so overcome with emotion. It was I mean, it shows you what it means when you go through your whole life and and we're working for something. And I just I thought that that was a really cool moment. So I wanted to bring that up. And but, not uh, to mention cool. that anytime we get to see Paulina Gretzky, it's always a good thing. <laughs> I didn't know that that's who that was. And I, I, I Googled Dustin Johnson's wife because they kept like mentioning her and showing her. And I was like, she must be famous. And then I found out who it was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Coastal Carolina having a moment, right? Um, so Chase won, uh, Chase Elliott won most popular driver, <laughs> the last champion. Yeah, and most popular driver to do that was fake Bill. article, fake article <laughs> <laughs> on the next car. And how surprising that someone who wins the championship and they he's popular. Ooh, wow. Who did he yeah. win that award from? Was it the Bill Elliott Foundation? <laughs> <laughs> the, if if that's your alternative name for NASCAR.com, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no, it was like the onion to me. <laughs> um, so I was trying to come up with bads or uglies. Um, I had a, I couldn't really find anything bad. I had a great, um, Sam Howell threw for 550 yards and six touchdowns last weekend. Carolina had 742 yards of offense. I don't know what that says about Wake Forest defense, but, uh, 550 yards, we can cover, uh, our defense later. It was atrocious. Um, and then sad, uh, Morgan, you, you, you know, this as well. We talked about this earlier this week, but, um, so there's a there's a sad piece. Um, celebrated lifeguard and captain of the Wrightsville Beach Fire Department, uh, Jeremy Owens, passed away unexpectedly this week at the age of 41. Um, he's been with the Ocean Rescue for 20 years. So basically, right after he um, got out of college, and uh, people all, all, actually all over the country have been reaching out to the family uh, to share their condolences and appreciation for his service. They've had people that he saved reach out to the family and say, like, I wouldn't be here um, without your without your son's help. Um, so I just, I, w- I wanted to note that three of us did spend a decent amount of time at Riceville beach and, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Next up, uh, Dustin, if you want to go. Sure. 
Uh, I'm going to do bad, ugly, and good. Um, bad, Carolina won. Ugh. It's never a good week when that happens in anything. Um, which rolls right into my ugly, Carolina and Wake Forest defense, if you can call it that. Uh, I mean, they gave up a combined 1,348 yards. How is that even possible? Two, hey, that is unbelievable. Even the conference with the two Kansas schools doesn't give up that many yards in a game. So, I don't know. It was atrocious. What, what a terrible outcome. What a terrible game. I don't know why anyone would even watch it. Um, Most entertaining on, game of the week. It was, a bait, on, it was a bait and switch for Carolina haters because Wake being up 21 <laughs> going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> well, you know you can't trust the fourth quarter if Carolina's within four touchdowns. So, um, good. Uh, Duke's not only number one in turnovers in the nation, but number one in the graduation rate for the country and the conference. So, our athletes are scholars, and uh, it's proven through that year in and year out with a 97% graduation rate. So, that's, that's a good. Um, another good is Boston College. Uh, if you watch that game, they wore special uniforms last Saturday. And uh, there was a purpose behind the uniforms. There was a gentleman named Wells, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Crowther, uh, who they were honoring. Um, Wells was originally from New York and became a volunteer firefighter at um, 16 years old. And um, eventually, as he grew up, you know, he, he played lacrosse. He attended Boston College to play lacrosse. He graduated in 1999 from Boston College with a degree in economics, went to Wall Street, became a trader, and he actually worked on the 104th floor of the World Trade Center. Um, when the planes hit the towers, uh, he was in his office, and in his immediate response was begin helping people. He was administering first aid. He was uh, directing people where to go. He carried out people from about the 70-something floor, I can't remember, I don't have it written down here, but it was like the 78th floor on his back down and then would go back up and get more. He's credited with saving as many as 18 people um, from the attacks. And uh, there are many eyewitness survivor accounts. And he was known by the bandana that he wore. He was just, it was some, his dad gave him a bandana when he was a kid and it kind of became his thing. And that's how the eyewitness accounts figured out who he was and his mom was able to identify him. And that's why Boston College wore the special uniforms and wore the special bandanas last week. Red yeah. Bandana. And so uh, it became a trademark for him, and they were just trying to honor his memory, and I thought that was pretty uh, solid for Boston College to, to remember him and, and make a point for the world to kind of honor his memory. So, for, Yeah, I remember when that story first came mm-hmm. out uh, about him. I thought that was a touching thing that Boston College wouldn't have. They started doing the tributes for him. Yeah, it, it's a it's a great story. It's sad because he obviously didn't live, but a lot of people did uh, because he oof. sacrificed himself. Hearing hearing the stories from the people he saved was uh was touching. Yep. So, so that's my uh, good, the bad, the ugly for the week. All right, Morgan. All right, well, I'm going to do ugly, bad, good. So let's start with ugly. Brad Cornelson. Still employed by Virginia Tech. Don't know why. His play calling. High school play calling is more exciting than this gentleman. Brian Steinbrenner, who was the previous 
offensive coordinator under Beamer was more exciting. This guy is garbage. Okay, garbage. When you have a running back like Khalil Herbert, you use them. So he's garbage. Heisman Herbert. Every week. (laughs) Every week. You'll never live that down. We'll talk about it in 10 years, Morgan. (laughs) All right, bad. Let's see here. Let's just talk about defense. Tech's defense disappeared. They actually showed up for a little bit in this game. Been gone all season. Showed up for a little bit. Disappeared after halftime. Don't know where that went. That's bad. Their defense is horrible. Anybody can throw on them. A seven year, seventh grader can throw on their defense. And the good. Hopefully, the good is going to be if they have another crappy game this weekend. Brad Cornelson's no longer with the team. Wow. So your good is a coach getting fired. No, hopefully. well. And we've all been there. Are you going to extend that? I'll I'll, I'll switch it up. Are you going to extend that to Fuente, fire Fuente? Are you on that? No, no, because his play calling was actually pretty pretty decent when he actually did the play calling. So, um, no, you know what? I'll I'll give a good. For the actual first half of that game, Tech's offense and defense was insane. They held Miami in check for pretty much most of the first half. For a team that's supposed to have a good offense, they they ran on that de- on their on Miami's defense pretty well, and then went to halftime and cracked a Budweiser. Mm. <laughs> they had some lunch out of that lunch pail. Coach, coach came in and said, "Hey guys, we actually still have three two more quarters, so I don't know what you're doing." <laughs> All right, so for me, I'm gonna go with the good. I'm gonna go with. Uh, Bailey Hockman. Bailey Hockman, ever since the bye week after that uh, terrible matchup against UNC, has been a completely different different player. So whatever the coaching staff did him in that bye week going into the close loss to Miami, like, good on him, and hopefully it continues because last week against Florida State, who, as we know, is in 2020 as a bottom dweller of the ACC, he was uh, 24 of 34 with 265 passing yards, uh, three passing touchdowns, and uh, one pick later on in the game. Solid stat line from from a guy who I and the rest of Wolfpack Nation had no confidence in based on uh, what we had seen last year and uh, against Tech in Carolina this year. So good for Bailey Hockman. Let's keep it up in our big matchup against the Liberty Flames this weekend. Um, the bad, I mean, really, I didn't really have much of a bad this past weekend. It was kind of an enjoyable weekend. So, I mean, <laughs> if the Masters was on, Dustin Johnson set a record. I mean. Coastal Carolina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really didn't have a bad or ugly. So it was really just NC State played well. I was happy. It was an enjoyable Sunday. You guys are all peachy. <laughs> yeah. Sunshine hour all miserable and reckless. <laughs> so, I want to be like that. <laughs> hey, trust me. Next, you'll probably have me grumpy next weekend when we lose to Liberty. So um, moving on to the weekend look ahead. Um, I'll kick that off. For me, it's a big weekend. And, um, Music because we had uh, new records from Josh Abbott Band, Co Wetzel, uh, Chris Stapleton, and the Wild Feathers. That I've only gotten through two of those right now, but both of them I'm I'm a fan of most of the record. A couple throwaway songs, as you expect with most albums, but uh, a lot of my favorite artists released some some good tracks this weekend, and uh, also get to go to my one and only 
college football game this year. So I have tickets to the Liberty NC State game at Carter Finley. But miserable and reckless fans, do not let your heart be troubled because it is socially distanced with only 7,000 fans due to the uh, orders in North Carolina in a 50,000 seat stadium. So I will be plenty distance away from everyone, but I finally get to see a college football game. So that's kind of my weekend's going to be pretty good. <laughs> you're like you're at a Carolina home game or something. I know, right? In a normal time. I was going to make the joke, but I decided against it. <laughs> uh, I can go next. Um, I put in the notes here, Florida versus Vandy. So Florida is number six in the country right now. This is kind of mean spirited, but like Vanderbilt's always a bottom dweller. Uh, we actually had a chance to go see Vanderbilt play. I forget who they oh, – K-State. K-State, yeah. They lost. Um <laughs> Uh, mean spirited. I think both teams tried to lose that game. That was a bad football game. <laughs> yeah. <that> was... <laughs> so, I kind of. We were also. <laughs> oh yeah, we were. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how many? Nashville. How many? Uh, I was. I, I'm going to watch it just kind of out of curiosity to see how many points Florida can put up. They put up 63 last week. So against a really bad Vanderbilt team, I mean, this this could be mean. But let's let's not be too mean spirited. Game of the week for me. This is super exciting. I had a whole bunch of stuff about this. It's awesome. Six and one App State is playing number fifteen undefeated Coastal Carolina. The battle between the mountains and the beach, the Chanticleers and the Mountaineers, between the rock and the surf turf. They got this teal field down there. Between the wings uh, stores and the mast store. So. For any of you that don't know, there's a big store out in Boone. It's really cool. It's a it's like a, just an old country store. It's it's ketchup and uh, mustard colored on either side. Like one's painted ketchup color and one's painted mustard color. But um, I'm I'm partial to App State because it's in beautiful Boone, North Carolina, as opposed to South Carolina, and it counts Western Carolina. Yeah, counts Eric Church, Entertainer of the Year, Eric Church, as one of its alumni. So, but I know maybe I figured that the berries might be. Um, a little bit more partial Myrtle Beach for for reasons. <laughs> and the Chandelier, Chandelier, the linebacker with the uh, – well, the whole team is growing out mullets, but the, it started with the two linebackers. Uh, really? Yeah. The Chandelier, Chandelier. Check them out. I was, uh, I was watching Marty and McGee earlier this week, and they were talking about there's an inaugural Myrtle Beach Bowl that's happening for the first time this year. It's a, yeah. a, as if we need another college football game or a <laughs> college bowl game. But um, they, Marty and McGee were talking that they, they really want to host the game and do the uh, announcing for it. I think that would be absolutely hysterical. So I, hopefully I, that. It's a travesty that Myrtle Beach hasn't had one until now. <laughs> Even Annapolis has a bowl game. <laughs> yeah. Annapolis has a bowl game. Come on, guys. Yeah. So that's <laughs> it for me. What would we call the Myrtle Beach one? The Blue Bay Motor Inn Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. That place a bunch of times. Oh my god! <laughs> I have a, a useless stat of the week that's kind of weekend related, okay. or it can be posed as a question. Um, who are the three Florida Gator head coaches through first thirty-two games that are that were twenty-six and six? Spurrier. Yeah. Urban Meyer. Meyer. Yeah. And Dan cur- Mullen, maybe the current and one. Dan Mullen. <laughs> wow. So it it the point of that stat is to make Florida Gator fans feel good that he's going to win a national championship. So maybe not unthinkable, but also got to go through a lot to get there. So very true. 
like I said, I'd like to point out again, I picked Florida as my dark horse SEC team. All right. So <laughs> never forget. Never forget. Uh, moving on to our ACC week pick them just to keep everybody updated. Dustin, Ryan, and Morgan are leading right now at 49 and 16. And I am trailing at 46 and 19 because I can't ever seem to win on the Wolfpack. <laughs> but I'm going to keep it going with picking against them. Uh, first game of the week, we have a game that we picked last week. So I guess I'll just update everyone because we had a little snafu in our uh, <laughs> our weekly schedule on this. Syracuse versus Louisville, just to, so everybody knows, everyone across the board picked Louisville. Um, I'm not as confident this week as I was last week, but I'm still sticking with the Cardinals. Anybody want to change it before we? I think 2-2 Atwell's out, if that changes anybody's mind. They're a lot best of people, wide receiver. A lot of people are out for Louisville. I'm sticking with them. Syracuse yeah. lost to Liberty. Only bad teams lose to Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next game we have uh, what in a – Another time and place in ACC history was a great matchup. The Clemson Tigers versus the Florida State Seminoles. Morgan, <laughs> I know you're a quite partial to one of these clubs, so why don't you give us your pick? Well, let's see here. I think it's going to be Clemson by pair by 10 pairs of free shoes. <laughs> All right, Dustin. One touchdown per, yeah, one touchdown per pair. <laughs> yeah, uh, as you said, Logan, this is just sad. Uh, this would have been a primetime matchup not that many years ago. Um, Trevor Lawrence is back, on, so and Clemson's going to have a little chip on their shoulder. They've had two weeks to prepare, and they uh, probably are ready and, ready and motivated to go show how good they are. So, yeah, this is going to get ugly, Clemson. All right, Ryan? Tried to think about this in a more creative light. You have the highest-ranked offense versus the second-worst-ranked defense. That's not good. And Florida's offense is in the bottom three, and the Clemson defense is in the top three. So, again, that doesn't seem good. But the other team that's very similar to that is North Carolina. They do the same thing. They're, they're literally ranked right next to North Carolina, and somehow they pulled this off against North Carolina. Who knows? I'm picking Clemson, though. Yeah, just to keep it consistent because I'm not an idiot. I'm picking the Tigers. <laughs> Moving on to Virginia Tech versus Pitt. Uh, I threw it to Morgan last time, but since it's this home team, I'll throw it to Morgan again. All right, what do you think the Hokies are going to do this weekend uh, against the Panthers? (laughs) 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 And for those that can't see, he's pulling his hair out right now trying to think. (laughs) I'm going to go Tech. I'm going to say we beat them on the ground. Mm. All right, Ryan. That's the thing I was concerned about. Pittsburgh's um, running defense seems to be the, the seems to be back. I don't know if they can contain Heisman Herbert or not. Um, I'm gonna get a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> You'll be the only one. I, because him and, him and Herbert's mom. <laughs> <laughs> because of Morgan and my family and others that I know that are connected to tech. I've watched them pretty closely over the years. Pittsburgh always seems to hand tech these kind of like just disillusionary. That's, I don't think that's a word. Um, Shout out like last year. Well, they, they, they seem to always get you guys at like the perfect point in the schedule where like you, your season could go up or it could go down. I really hope the Hokies win. I'm going to be cheering for them, but it won't surprise me if Pittsburgh just comes in and handles, handles your running, your, your offense on running. <laughs> Yep. All right, Dustin. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, y'all are y'all are hitting the same points. Tech leads the league in rushing, ACC, and Pitt leads the league in sacks and yards allowed per game. Um, so it's going to be a who wins. Uh, I knew everybody was going to pick Tech, or at least half the people were here. So I'm picking the Panthers. Panthers are going to take win this one out. So it's going to be a low scoring game though, because between the running, between Tech running the ball on them, and between Pitt not being able to score points. Who knows what this score is going to be? Well, Morgan, prediction. This is a uh, tough game to pick because Virginia Tech early in the year, especially in that NC State game, their offense looked fantastic. Their defense looked uh, really good against NC State's at the time inept offense. But they've had some tough games, but they haven't had like they haven't been getting really blown out. They've been kind of losing heartbreakers, like against Liberty and against Miami. And I want to pick Tech, but I'm think the trend is going to continue and I'm going with the Pitt Panthers take care of business against the Virginia Tech Hokies. All right. All right. Next up we have Abilene Christian versus uh, the Virginia Cavaliers. Dustin, what do you think? <laughs> so I actually looked it up. Abilene Christian lost to Army, UTEP, and Angelo State. So I'm going with the Cavaliers on this one. <laughs> Ryan. Uh, well, first of all, uh, I also looked it up because I thought it was in Texas. <laughs> Apparently, they're purple and white, and they're named the Wildcats. So, K State should sue them first of all. This is this is a ripoff of of Kansas State. Second of all, I will pick UVA because I'm competitive and I want to be in the running at the end of this between the four of us. But I hate UVA because I can't believe we lost to them. Morgan, all right. So painful as it is. <laughs> painful it is but god i would l- i will take a losing record on this pick to have uva <laughs> so what i heard was morgan's a supporter of the cavaliers not only lose i want them to be that's what i'm hearing 10 times and intercepted four you're gonna be so angry if abilene christian wins and you didn't pick it i i, 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 won't, I won't be upset <laughs> I won't because you'd be able to lose <laughs> all right so yeah uh just keep it short virginia yeah yeah all right next up we have the i believe they're still number 22 in the nation the liberty flames versus nc state at home at carter finley stadium where i will be in attendance nc state's played pretty good football recently they uh, the game against florida state was never in doubt florida state really didn't start scoring points until we dropped back into a prevent later on to, to try to keep the secondary healthy because it's been thin all year uh, Bailey Hockman seems to have turned the corner. I don't know. And then Liberty, let's be honest, um, the only decent team they've played all year is Virginia Tech. Like, Syracuse doesn't count. There's only two Power 5 schools they've played. Everybody else, they've played, like, the Western Carolinas and people like that. Crap don't count. It, like, how good are they? I don't know. Um, it's tough to pick. But I also know NC State, and things have been going too well for it to keep going too well. So I'm going for the uh, – Liberty Flames to uh, – to, I, I mean, I can't even call it an upset because they're ranked higher. I'm going with Liberty by about three against the pack this weekend. Ryan? I'm never picking against Liberty ever again. I, <laughs> apparently, they keep scheduling ACC teams, and I, I can't handle them coming to Chapel Hill. So, I'm, I'm going with Liberty just to keep their juju out of Keenan Stadium. <laughs> Morgan? Um, you know, I'll, I'll pick uh, – I'll pick Liberty. <laughs> um, and, and Liberty, enjoy it. 
Mr. Freeze will be back in will be in the SEC or the Pac-10 or Big 12 or whoever in a couple of years with more money. Might not even be a couple of years. There's already a rumor that South Carolina has reached out to him since they can Will Muschamp. So, yeah. he's a possibility. He's gone. With his Dustin? Uh, part of me wants Liberty to win because then that would set up in a couple of weeks a matchup between two top 20 teams in Liberty and Coastal Carolina. And that would be fun to talk about on this podcast. Yeah. I do agree with you, Logan. I don't think they've played a lot of good teams this year. Um, I think that they have played well. They're obviously a, a team that's been performing at a high level, but I don't think they've played a lot of like power five, good football programs to like be able to compare them against. Uh, also, you've also talked about Bailey Hockman playing better. I think he's looked way better the past two weeks. So when it comes down to me having to choose between the two, I'm picking the turnover bone and I'm going with the wolf pack. Unleash the dogs. That's right. Ow! <laughs> All right, let's hope you're right and that three of us are wrong. Moving on to the battle of the two uh, private schools in North Carolina in the ACC, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons versus the Duke Blue Devils. Dustin? Oh, it's postponed. Yeah. Oh, Wake Forest has COVID. Ah. Likely story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, they were worried about that uh, two weeks of prep Duke had. yeah maybe they could cut down on the turnovers with that extra bye week but (laughs) all right that wraps up the acc week pick them moving right along to the next topic so as we all know it's a special time of the year uh we're getting into the holiday season and this year is gonna be a little bit different than than others because if you know the the elephant in the room obviously there's pandemic going on with COVID 19 um but since you know it is thanksgiving and a lot of times it means you know people gathering with friends and family and whatnot we kind of wanted to share some of our thanksgiving traditions and kind of talk about that for a little while so if one of you guys want to kick it off with you know some thanksgiving stories yeah i'll start um i know i talked about earlier how it was always you know not so pleasant there's always a lot of good times uh when i was younger you know my dad's sister would come over with her family and um, you know, their, their parents, my grandparents would come over to, to my, my house because we always had a big dining room that everyone can sit at. And it was just a lot of fun. We'd be out in the front, front lawn, you know, playing football. You had football games on the TV, uh, cooking going on in the kitchen. All some, you know, fun stories. You know, as, as we got older, uh, dad worked a lot. And it just kind of got to where we just sat at a small kitchen table and had a little time to get together. That's about it. All right. Ryan, if you want to kind of tell us some, some of your Thanksgiving happenings and food, maybe y'all ate or something like that. Sure. Thanksgiving has, has grown to become my favorite holiday in the last 10 years. Um, uh, you know, it's not interesting to talk about like Turkey and gravy and all the same food, but I think, uh, Incidentally, uh, you know, I, I, I've found out recently that apparently I can't have turkey and gravy as much as I used to anymore because apparently I have this condition called gout. So getting old sucks. <laughs> and apparently the two worst things that you can have for turkey and, or for gout besides turkey and gravy are beer. So turkey, gravy, and beer. So pretty much three Thanksgiving traditions uh, out the window for me. But, um, or at least limited. But uh, yeah, growing up, my mom made like a corn and spinach souffle, and I always really appreciated that. And recently, um, I'm I'm going to Delaware uh, often for 
just to hang out with my wife's family out there. Um, so for me, the tradition, honestly, that's, that's stretched for a while now has always been like the Wednesday night out the night before. So, um, there was always a, 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 when I was in North Carolina, I would come back and there would be a band that would play a concert, um, here in Montgomery County, Maryland, and everyone would kind of get together and it would be a chance to see people from back home or just, you know, go out and have a good time before going back to the family. Um, uh, when I was in North Carolina, um, obviously, and I, I was in retail for a little bit. And so obviously you have to work uh, Black Friday. So it always seemed like going out um, to Jerry Allen's or something. We've, we've mentioned Jerry's, but it was always something we could do. It, and then of course, recently when I'm going to Delaware, um, there was some awkward experiences with my now brother-in-law. Uh, he ended up getting a little little rowdy and ended up puking in the bushes outside his mother-in-law's house. Um, (laughs) somehow, somehow, uh, outperformed me. I ended up passing out in his now wife's bed with my pants around my ankles. That was one hell of a way to, uh, to, to be fair, we were out with, with, with some cousins and, and they knew everybody in the service industry, it seemed like in Rehoboth beach. So, and Dewey beach for that matter. So that was a, that was an interesting night. So not to sound like a complete jerk, but it's usually the night before that's always a, a favorite of mine. And then sitting around watching football and eating and, and hanging out with family or, or new family for that matter. So I've appreciated that. Yeah. And if anybody's caught more than 10 minutes of an episode of miserable and reckless, they know that Dustin and I are brothers. So, uh, we kind of have similar, similar experiences. So I'm going to kick it over to Dustin and kind of represent the, the D berries. Yeah. Well, you know, my, my side of it, we've obviously had the traditions we've had for our family for years. So I've kind of got like the pre Jenny times and then the post Jenny times, uh, Jenny being my wife or anyone who doesn't know. Um, so our, in the pre Jenny times, basically like me, Logan, uh, and my, our entire family would go over to our grandma's house. Like that's our thing. We go over for lunch on Thanksgiving day. The whole family gets together. We, uh, don't have Turkey, which we revealed, I think on a different episode, we, we have fried chicken because we're in the South and hell yeah, brother. So we, we just have like a smorgasbord of like bad things for you. Um, there's fried chicken and, and cakes and pies and cheese butter and potatoes, beans corn. butter beans with corn, but that has ham in them and then green beans, but has ham in them or turnip greens, but has ham in them. And this so, biscuits on top. <laughs> yeah. You add some biscuits in there, maybe some gravy uh, put on your biscuit, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a fun time, but you know, it's most of it's about us just getting together, seeing family that we haven't seen a whole lot, uh, throughout the year. And especially as we've gotten older, we live in different cities, you know, uh, we're all drivable to one another, but not like easily drivable to one another. And so it's a, it's a good excuse to get us all together. Um, we were joking about earlier, you know, it's not a Eberry family Christmas or Thanksgiving. If we don't have like somebody doesn't go home mad or crying. Um, because inevitably we we find something to pick at a scab and make someone angry. So um Oh not that, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's generally like, you know, a top level view of what happens. Uh, you know, since Jenny's been in the family and it, we've we usually come down for Thanksgiving. We'll and we it's kind of turned into like a Friday. You know, we'll do 
Thanksgiving with Jenny's family on actual Thanksgiving day. And then we'll do something with our family, with the Dberry family on, on Friday. But one, one thing, uh, I wanted to point out about going to Jenny's house is Jenny gets the turkey lit every year. So they actually have turkey at her house and it doesn't make any sense because when I go to the grocery store, when I go to the grocery store, I'm required to buy chicken breasts. I can't buy dark meat. She doesn't want dark meat. And so we eat chicken breasts, you know, for dinner and, and stuff all the time. But on Thanksgiving, the one who requires the chicken breasts weekly for 52 weeks out of the year is the drumstick. Explain that to me. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just, it's like a thing in their family. And I'm just like, I've, I've started to complain about it and make my lodging putting them in the complaint box, which I'm sure they just put in the trash. <laughs> the one thing I would like to say kind of to uh, piggyback off what Dustin was saying about like how sometimes we'll pick a scab and poke at it. Uh, our younger brother, I can't remember if it was actually on Thanksgiving, but it may have been a meal around one of the days surrounding Thanksgiving. Cause like Dustin said, once we've all kind of like grown up in different cities, we're there for like a few days and our grandparents will come over for a, an, at least one more time normally for us to like uh, eat dinner together and everything. And I remember one time in particular, our youngest brother um, who I would like to go on record and say that he picks just as much as the rest of people, but he can't take it. So I started picking at him and I've been doing that. He's two years younger than me. So I've been doing that to him his whole life. And uh, then Dustin starts piling in and we start picking at him. Landon gets mad and he stands up and takes ice out of his cup and throws it across the table <laughs> at my face. <laughs> So that's with our, a, with with our, our grandparents. grandparents sitting there being like, what? This, <laughs> we're in like our, they're in like their twenties at this point. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't like when he was 14 and I was 16. This was like when we were both in college. <laughs> I didn't know what bread had it in him. <laughs> oh yeah. Landon, Landon has a short fuse. Landon can definitely, uh, can definitely want to fight. I've been hit by a shovel before I've been hit with the chair before. Like, I mean, <laughs> It at, happens at Thanksgiving or just, just, that was just in general. Like I said, Landon and I are two years apart. So I would like poke at him and poke at him. And then he'd lose it and he'd come after me with some type of weapon. Cause Landon will admit like I'm stronger than he is. And I can probably win in a straight up fight. And Landon says he gets an equalizer. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. That's a window into our family traditions. And yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of the berry table. <laughs> there's a lot of that uh what is it charlie brown or whatever when he goes to kick the football and it yeah, football gets pulled it, away <laughs> metaphorically speaking there's a yeah. lot of that <laughs> so one other thing we did kind of want to talk about kind of like a, a a topic b around the thanksgiving time or just like in during this time of year in general we kind of wanted to dive into what are our favorite we were going to say favorite beers but as ryan said he can't drink much beer so we're going to say favorite drinks <laughs> And uh, seeing as we had to change the topic a little bit, we'll let Ryan kick it off on what his favorite drink around this time of year is. I think the reason why I got gout is because I had too many beers. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Previously in my life. Um, man, so it was, it was funny. We were kind of talking about it this week, going back and forth. Like, what, what can we talk about? What can we do? And uh, it was funny because I kind of said, like, well, around Thanksgiving is always the time um, where – for those that don't know me and Morgan used to live together back in the day and have known each other for a really long time. And we'd always get super excited right around this time. Cause that would be, you know, you go to Walmart or Harris Teeter and that's always when they have like the winter 
ale that would show up, like the, the clock in the bar would get turned from like the orange of the Sam Adams Oktoberfest to like the light blue, like the Carolina blue of the winter ale. And so we'd, we'd, we'd know is about a week after I think it hit the bar, right. Then you could start looking for it in the stores. And it always seemed to be right around Thanksgiving that have all the Christmas ales and all sorts of stuff. And those were always really fun. And it was a splurge for us to go out and spend, you know, 20 bucks or something on a 12 pack. That was outrageous. You could drink for, three nights at Jerry Allen's for those prices. So, (laughs) but, uh, that's, that's like a blast from the past, uh, for sure. And obviously those, you know, still exist. Um, they they still do that. But recently for me, um, my my favorite has been gin. Um, I, I don't remember if there's a story or not on this podcast, but the first night me and Logan met, I think there was a, there was a gin story involved, but, uh, (laughs) Anyways, um, I, I, I tend to drink that throughout the year, gin or, or, or wine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm friendlier on wine, so I try to stick to that, but, um, a lot of gin and, uh, during the long story short, during, during Thanksgiving and Christmas, I like to switch over to like scotch or like a brown liquor or something like that. Cause it's a little bit colder outside and you can sit around and kind of just sip on that, especially in the nighttime. Um, so a lot of fond memories of, of a, of a Thanksgiving evening or something like that, sitting around with like just one or two, nothing crazy. And it's just really relaxing and peaceful. And it kind of gives you that warm feeling in your stomach and whatever. But that was my comment on that, I guess. <laughs> All right, Morgan. Um, to, to follow up of angle. Yeah. We, we would get, get excited about this time of the year for the Sam Adams winter fest. Cause I think the first time we had that, we were like, oh, my God, I think we struck gold. This stuff's amazing. We need to go back to the store for another 12-pack. <laughs> to the point where every time it would come out, we'd be stuck at the fridge full of it. We'd get about two or three 12-packs and, and throw it in there and just turn on a football game that was going on at that time. Or I think NBA, NBA was starting off, so we'd be watching some of the Celtics games and just drinking Winterfest there at the old uh, Cape Cottage's apartment. Um, another thing I like to drink during the winter times is uh, I'm a, more a fan of, of whiskey, although I haven't been drinking it as much lately. But I still do like a, a good um, glass of either Tullamore Dew or uh, Jameson. It's pretty good, nice little glass just to soothe you down in cold cold weather. But lately, I haven't been drinking that much at all. So. How's that, Morgan? Oh, you know, little one running around, another little one about to be showing up. Um, <laughs> hangovers in the morning with a 13-month-old, Did they, they aren't fun. <laughs> Have you ever tripped over a children's toy while being drunk? Uh, yes or no? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whiskey. Uh, and then, you know, Occasionally, I actually do like some gin. I blame that on Angle. He got me started to drink, you know, started drinking gin here lately this past year. It's a lifestyle, Celtics and gin. <laughs> Ends in misery. <laughs> all right, Dustin. Uh, all right. I mean, obviously, we're not talking 30 racks from Lowe's Foods and College Road. And obviously, we're not talking. Uh, well, I'm not talking, let me be clear, the winter beers. I don't like winter beers. I don't like stouts. I don't like the heavy, like, L's that come out. 
I don't, I don't want like a coffee beer. If you're going to drink a coffee beer, just drink a coffee because it tastes the same and there's no calories. Yeah, I'm not a fan of like, I, I don't understand all of that. So yeah. there's nitro stouts or whatever. They're like 10% alcohol. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not a fan I, of that. I don't get it. I don't know why people want them. It's in, ter- in terms of seasonal beers, this is the worst time of the year. It's, it's miserable. <laughs> um, I completely have, disagree. And if you have too many, you become reckless. <laughs> <laughs> and you're miserable the next day. <laughs> so, uh, but that said, I do, I'll, I'll shout out a couple of the breweries that I like um, that aren't big breweries. Uh, one Port City Brewery here in Alexandria. And that um, they opened up in 2011, and uh, their reasoning for opening Alexandria. There's actually quite a bit of brewing history in Alexandria. At one time, there was a brewery called the Robert Portner Brewing Company that operated from 1866 until Prohibition. It was the largest brewery in the South. And who would have thought, you know, in Alexandria, Virginia, that's where it would have been. Um, but now it's really the South. Yeah, <laughs> that can be another episode. True um, story. <laughs> but uh, the brewery itself is in an old Torpedo factory, which is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> and it's just kind of a cool place. They make good beer. Uh, my favorite is the Optimal Wit. It's a Belgian-style wheat ale. Um, I drink that throughout the year. I don't care if it's summertime or wintertime or whatever, because, again, wintertime beers suck. Um <laughs> And I also like their monumental IPA. Uh, I think my brother will certainly agree. Uh, IPAs are something that we both enjoy. And I think that there's, that's one of their all-year ones, and that's pretty good. Um, I'd also say, like, if you're looking for another good beer, and again, this is all year long, but they also make seasonal beers. Three Notch Brewery, which uh, has locations in Charlottesville, Richmond, I think Harrisonburg, and that might be it. But those three cities in Virginia, they have locations. Um, the history of it is also kind of cool. Um, their, their name came from a road that ran east-west through central Virginia. And uh, it came from, they would put not three notches in trees to kind of show you, make sure you stayed on the right path. Uh, the story goes that after Benedict, Benedict Arnold turned on the American army, um, they sacked Richmond and in the process, they decided to chase after uh, then governor Thomas Jefferson and the state legislators who had fled to Monticello, which isn't that far from Richmond. It's in Charlottesville, Virginia. And so there was a um, gentleman who ran, who uh, not ran, who rode his horse on the three notch road from Richmond to Monticello to warn Jefferson and the legislators that the British were coming for them so that they could escape. And thus three notch, uh, road kind of went down in history. Eventually they create the brewery with it. Um, and I, I thought it was a really cool story once I, I mean, I, we found the beer first, but then reading about it, we thought the story was really cool. They also have a cool tagline with leave your mark, which is kind of clever, I think. Um, and it's always kind of stood out. Um, my favorite beer of theirs is actually a, a seasonal beer. It's the Big Slice Juicy IPA, but it's a summertime beer. So, again, worst time of the year for beers right now. I well, we can't emphasize that enough. Um, but they have a couple other good IPAs. The 40 Mile IPA and the Minuteman IPA are also good. And 
so like what we, if you look at my fridge one of those two companies are usually sitting in there with maybe a domestic light and cold option for uh for my garth brooks friends in low places <laughs> i've actually been to the three notch brewery weirdly enough which one the one oh in the middle of nowhere <laughs> the one over by devil's backbone wherever that whatever the name of that town is there's a there's a there's a list of um and it's also over by bold rock cider and like there's like a list of oh. you can go along the path and kind of do them all and that yeah. was one of the breweries that, that we went to it was pretty cool yeah no they they've got good stuff i'd encourage people we'll put it on facebook i encourage people to check <laughs> out three notch and uh port city you know if you're in the area i i think their distribution at least for port cities all throughout the mid-atlantic but i don't know about three notch but they're good breweries and also if you're looking to your point angle if you're looking for like an area that has a lot of a brewery trail instead of like just a wine trail charlottesville virginia has a whole bunch of good places you can go to i heard they had a good place i also want to check out Asheville one day and go to a bunch of their uh, breweries up there i got they got a good one i like the unknown brewery um just right. make that an official mnr trip seriously i would love to go <laughs> They got a with the the IPA that unknown has. It's just a black can for a green uh, question mark made out of hops. Really good. Good deal. Yeah. So for me, uh, again, I reiterate: if you couldn't tell, Dustin and I were brothers. I'm gonna echo some of his sentiments that I'm not a fan of winter beers either. Um, never been able to get into the Sam Adam stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, Morgan just, uh, gave us the hand gesture that we're losers. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm like Dustin said, I'm a big IPA guy. I have been for a few years. Um, just kind of highlight some of the, some of the IPAs I like, some of the breweries that I like, some of them local, almost all of them are North Carolina, um, North Carolina breweries, or at least North Carolina, they at least have a big presence in North Carolina. Um, start with local, like there's a place in Cary that opened in 2015 that I went to with a friend uh, back then when it first opened, it's called Bond Brothers uh, Beer Company. And me, over the last few years, me and a bunch of my friends from college, a little bit less so these days, because most of them are married and or engaged, or married or engaged. And um, so we make it out there about once or twice a month now on a Wednesday after work it's um it's it's a great place it has my favorite beer in the entire world it's a thing called it's an ipa called the local it's just a fantastic beer um it, i mean it's easy to drink it's not like what people think about ipas that they're you know they're very very heavy it's kind of a lighter ipa but uh that one's fantastic I, i've been a fan of that for years and then kind of expanding out into like north carolina and i believe out of winston salem north carolina uh foothills brewing company i'm a big fan of the hopium that's uh it's a great beer that they also serve at PNC during uh Canes games. And when you're choosing between a ten dollar Bud Light or an eleven dollar Hopium, you go with the Hopium every oh, yeah. single time. And uh so that one's a, definitely a good one. You can find that most anywhere in North Carolina, gas stations, grocery stores. Uh another one that Sierra Nevada has a um, big presence in North Carolina. They speaking of Asheville, they have a huge brewery that's looks like almost like a castle in Asheville. And um they have one of my favorite IPAs called Pernicious. That's something that is like normally around here, it runs you like seven, eight bucks a pop anywhere you go trying to get it. But then 
uh, Dustin was there that night. We, the night before our younger brother got married, we went to the uh, Weldon Mills distillery in uh, Weldon, North Carolina and right outside of our hometown. And they have a tap room there. And it's the only place in the world I've ever seen where they have pernicious on tap for $4. Oh, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. And I love going there when I'm in town because the folks back home don't like IPAs. So when all the Mick Ultra and the Bud Light is getting the little plastic cup put on the, the tap because their beer is gone and they're all complaining, never, never affects me because the pernicious is always there. <laughs> That that is a good one. Or that night we uh we filled up a table full of those. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's a good one. Um, the only other thing I can say is like during the winter I do kind of tend to drink a little bit more whiskey. I love a good old fashioned, and um, when I, even when it's just regular whiskey with like nothing special, whether it's on the rocks or if you want to mix it with a, a, a mixer or something, I'm a big fan of ten cup uh, whiskey. That's something that um. I just got into within the last year um, because my finances are not as slim as they were in college. So I'm no longer having to buy green label or ancient age every single time. But 10 cup whiskey is definitely something that, uh, that people should check out. There's nothing wrong with Evan Williams green label. There's, I was, no, no, it's not. I've got Evan Williams on the, on the dry bar (laughs) right in my eyesight right now. So, I mean, I still have it, but (laughs) it's just, it's not a guaranteed purchase every time. (laughs) That's, that's for when guests come over. I definitely want to throw out another brewery, um, Boulevard Brewery, one we went on with when we went out to see uh, Kevin and Casey for the the ballpark trip. We went to, to that brewery, which was pretty good. Um, I don't think I've had any bad beer from them either. Their IPAs are usually pretty good. Their lagers are too. Yeah, I echo that. Yeah, everyone should check out Boulevard, and they they have a pretty wide footprint. You can find yeah. their beer. Uh, I can find their beer here in Virginia. So. Um, yeah, I, that's a, that's a good call on uh, a brewery that has a wide reach, but it's also really good. And it's not one of the big guys, which should, for anyone concerned about that should make them feel good. Is dogfish had a big guy? No, I, no. in fact, uh, if you look at the, it's, uh, it's interesting when you do the breakdown, cause you know, everyone knows Sam Adams is a, is a really right. big company, but compared to the big companies they're not they're actually a tiny company so sam adams is actually the largest independent american brewer in the you know in the country and then from there you know the disparity is just incredible it's like sam adams and then all these much smaller mostly regional breweries if you have any reach that's beyond your your local um you know your state or your city so um so if you're looking to avoid buying Anheuser-Busch or Miller Coors partnership beer, you know, sent by your local guys or even your Sam Adams and you, you know, you're supporting those guys and what they do. Angle. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah. I just asked you, Angle, what was that, that brewery that was out West that you got me on for a little bit? Um, Coronado, I think. Well, there's Coronado Brewing Company. And then I, I, I really. Green something. Green, green flash. The Green Flash, and then um, that's a San Diego beer too. Yeah. And then Lagunitas was—I mean, everyone I feel like knows Lagunitas, yeah. but La- I really Lagunitas like, is a good one. I, I, they're in Petaluma, so they're in further like Northern California. But yeah, Green Flash IPA is a is a fantastic. Yeah, um, I was gonna say the Green Flash is really good. Obviously, the the idea there of the Green Flash is right before the sun sets on the on the West Coast, you see a Green Flash. So <laughs> it's kind of a cool story. <laughs> 
funny story about Lagunitas real quick. When um, my best friend, Andy, who is also my co-host on Country and Cold Can, so check that out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But uh, Andy... Wait, is this a story or an ad? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. But uh, <laughs> Miserable and Reckless brought to you by Country and Cold Can. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my best friend, Andy, and I went to D.C. with a bunch of our friends, and uh, Dustin and Jenny went with us to a concert at the 930 Club. We were going to see American Aquarium Shock. And... Uh, Andy went up there. He had just had a Lagunitas recently and he thought it was good, but he had no idea how to pronounce it. So he goes up to the bartender and he goes, can I order uh, one Lagunta? <laughs> <laughs> Did he get what he wanted? Oh, he got what he wanted. <laughs> I looked at him. I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> oh man. That's great. Uh, oh man. That, uh, that's pretty incredible. And that, yeah, that that's incredible. And also a little plug for places like nine 30 club. Uh, a lot of these places because they're not able to do live music are struggling, but they're selling interest. I know nine 30 club in particular, they, you can order, I think essentially any concert you've ever been to in their history you can get a poster and a ticket uh, ticket stub for that show from nine thirty club. And, um, it, it'll like something that you can frame and put up on your wall. It's supposed to be super nice. And this is one of the ways they're trying to generate revenue until they can open back up again. Um, but I know a lot of other, um, places like the, the Oklahoma, Texas scene guys are, are doing similar stuff, but, if there's a place, a, a venue that you value, it's a good way to help them try to get to the other side. Okay. And on that note, I think that's a good segue into the bless your heart segment. So if one, I think we have what three of them this week, if we have time, cause uh, we've kind of been stockpiling cause we ran a little long on some of our topics the last few weeks. So uh, whoever wants to take it away with their, their bless your heart for, for this episode. I'll go first. If y'all want. Good. Um, so most of y'all know about the the wildfires that were happening out in Colorado uh, last month, right? There's um, a lot of homes being destroyed, a lot of families being put out. And I was on, you know, it was about a, I want to say it's what two weeks ago, a week ago, I texted you guys about this story. Mm-hmm. I was on the way to work after dropping off Rodeo Daycare, and the story came on the radio in between songs. It's about this little girl, six year old, out in Morrison, Colorado. Um, I think she's about six years old. Just you know, they said um, with all the fire fires going on, she asked her mom, you know, um, what she could do. She was uh, wondering, you know, I bet you the you know these kids they lost all their stuffed animals. You know, she felt bad for these kids, and so they uh, reached out to the Grand Foundation out in Grand Colorado County and asked them what they could do. And uh, she pretty much what she did was she has sent all these children uh stuffed animals from her own allowance she each kid got a stuffed animal and a handwritten um letter just telling these kids that she was thinking about them and for this to be a six-year-old to come up with this idea just goes to show you that you know there's still good in this world that you know the future does look bright for for the next generation coming up There's an awesome story. Yeah. I, I, I had, I, you know, once I heard it, I had to look into it to, to see what was going on. And just, I mean, it's, it's amazing. 
All right. If you guys, one of you guys want to go next, Dustin or Ryan? You go ahead, Dustin. We'll work back east. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, there's a project called Students Helping Veterans, and uh, it's run out of Kingwood Park High School in Texas. And it's a program where high school students are building uh, 209 square foot tiny homes that have all the essentials, and then they give them to a homeless veteran to live in. And so they have uh, they they have an area where obviously they're they're not just handing them out to people; they're setting them up at a place and basically awarding these these homes that have all of the, what they need to live in and get off the street and kind of be a a bridge to getting their lives back together. The first home went to U.S. Marine Corporal uh, Edward Rodriguez. He had a stroke two years ago, and he it totally upended his life. He lost his house. He lost his job. He found himself in need, which he said was really weird because he was always independent. He was a Marine, so he was a leader. He was self-sufficient. He was a hero. And so the fact that the kids built this home for him and helped him get back his life and a little bit of his respect. He said he was a grateful um, more than he could ever really explain. And um, I just thought it was a really great project. Um, it's, it's good for these high school students because they're learning skills about how to build things, but it's also good for um, these veterans who are living on the streets and need some help. And I, when I went to high school, I wish that they would have had those kind of, it's probably another conversation for another time, but I, I, I wish that they would have had those kind of technical skills that you can learn, like how to, how to do certain things. Uh, some of us, you know, were raised different than others. Right. So it'd be nice on, on one side you to learn about like finances and stuff like that. And on the other side to learn about like how to swing a hammer or do something, you know, it's just, it seems like instead we're learning about like Paul Revere. <laughs> <laughs> which while important there should be some life skills in there <laughs> yeah so i'll go i'll go next um so in washington dc we talked about 930 club um and that's obviously uh well maybe not obviously it's in it's a it's a famous club in washington dc and uh it's a neighborhood that me and the relative neighborhood that me and dustin call home um so there's a guy who was running something called the hot pink photo booth um it it's a photo booth that goes out to events. Clearly there's not a whole lot of events going on. Um, and so he was struggling to trying to figure out a way to still connect with the community here in greater Washington, DC. So he started a coat drive where he basically went, uh, told everyone on his, in his social media network, um, had a lot of connections that he was going to run a coat drive in COVID times. What that meant is that he hung, had people come to a pre uh, aforementioned bridge and they hung coats on the bridge. That's all you had to do. You didn't have to talk to anybody. You didn't have to interact with anybody. You could just show up. You could hang a coat um, and leave. And it, it, if you had extras or, or whatever, as opposed to giving them away, and people could come and they could take them if they needed them. There was no interaction. There was no validation. There was nothing. Um, what he did with the extras when they had leftovers, because it was so overwhelming, is he took them and gave them to a homeless shelter. Um so he kind of got the same idea for a food pantry. He had noticed that uh, residents started putting canned goods and sanitizer inside like little neighborhood libraries that you sometimes see around here instead of books. And so he got the idea that uh, he could kind of do the same thing with the, with the winter coat drive. He could, um, 
So he found a spot outside of a yoga studio. Obviously that was closed as well because of COVID. And basically they set up these shelves that are weatherproofed. Um, they have like plastic and stuff over top of them and it's 24 seven. So as opposed to needing um, to hit a shelter in time or needing to go to the grocery store at off hours or for people that have kids or working or whatever, if you need something, you can just come to this yoga studio. You can pick up whatever you need. It's not on video camera. It's not monitored. It's just, and what he does is on a weekly basis, he has a, uh, it may be sooner or maybe more often at this point in time, but he has a wish list on Amazon for anyone who wants to send donations. And he's been getting all sorts of stuff from across the country. So he's actually using the inside of the yoga studio to feed, um, to like store all the, all the different, uh, non-perishable items. Obviously they can't put out perishable items, but, um, so they're asking for canned goods, um, food that's ready to eat, um, kid-friendly items. Apparently applesauce is going really, really fast. They can't keep applesauce in stock. and. Maybe um, as part of like a Facebook post, we can post the Amazon wish list there. But just a really cool, unique idea. Um, this year's been rough, and it's really nice to uh, see people really coming up with creative ways to be nice. I mean, that's that's really all you can say, right? It's just a creative way to be nice, um, and for somebody to go out of their way to be to literally think, how can I help the community? It's 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 really heartwarming. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And as always, we'll, uh, have some links for a lot of these things for anybody. Like, like Angle said, we can kind of like post the Amazon wish list and kind of like keep everybody updated on all the bless your hearts thus far on miserable and reckless. So, uh, I guess that wraps up this episode and for Morgan, Dustin and Ryan, I'm Logan. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.